Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And today in the Movie Film Studios Memorial Theatre, and I'll tell you why it's a memorial theatre soon, we sat down and watched the seminal horror classic A Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, every uh, fourth week, as we mentioned, we do a film retrospective where we choose, instead of a, a new release or recent release film, we, we choose something from the past. Yep. Uh, being It was a Halloween this week. I think our previous episode may have actually come out on Halloween and we Probably. didn't really yeah. plan ahead no. enough no. To, to watch a, a, a horror movie then. Yes. So but obviously now it's sort of, you know, I mean, you're listening to this, obviously, years after the re- release, so sure. you don't know... Sure that we're a week behind. So the fact that I've mentioned it is just, you know, that upfront honesty that you've come to and expect. And look, here's from the other thing studios. as well. As we've implied in previous episodes, we do have the ability to time travel. So while we could have gone back into the past and inserted this episode at the correct uh, time period that it was meant to come out at, we didn't do it. We didn't do it because we like to focus our time travel technology on promoting our films and making better films. This recording is just like a... It's a side project, really. We do it for you guys, um, so we don't really need to bother using it for that purpose. But anyway, I did mention that we were in the Movie Film Studios Memorial Theatre. Now, the reason that is... So, last week, we talked about Geostorm, uh, and we pitched our sequel... Sequels, actually. Geostorm 2 and Geostorm 3, or G... We'll just call G2. it Geostorm 2222, and, and you, you can put those four twos at any spot Wherever within the want. title yeah, you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Isaac, uh, I have good news and bad news. Right, okay. So, the good news is, uh, do you remember how uh, the movie film Workshop was... Do, do I remember? I have do had remember? many sleepless yeah. nights. It's the only thing I can think of. Well, guess what? What? We got them back. Oh, thank They're goodness. They're back. We got everyone back. We got Tim Benson back on board. Um, we got the entire crew uh, back on board to start making uh, sets and, and props and all sorts of stuff for our Geostorm sequels. The bad news is a legitimate Geostorm hit the studio, hit the workshop. You're kidding. I'm not. It's, it's, ins- it's an insane thing. Um, what actually happened was the uh, workshop decided that they wanted to be as close to real as possible. So they actually made... A physical Dutch boy satellite. And I'm not talking about like a prop for prop's sake. No, they made a legitimate satellite. They launched into into space uh, and they turned it on. The problem is it immediately unleashed a geostorm directly on top of the workshop. It's gone. We lost everyone and everything. So what I decided to do with our theater was put up a simple plaque uh, memorializing all the lives we lost in the great geostorm of 2017. But we did get a really nice theatre out of it, right? We absolutely... Yeah, we used the bits left over from the um, workshop destruction and we constructed a new theatre. So it is now the Movie Film Studios Memorial Theatre, dedicated to the lives lost during production of Geostorm 2 and 3. So uh, are we going to... um still make Geostorm or are we going to respect the memories of those working on it and leave it as one of those... um... I think it's going to have to be the latter... I mean, it was such a blow to the rest of the of the studios. Like, the 80 lawyers we have uh, employed here were just heartbroken. I mean, Al Gore will be crushed. I know, I know. And I don't like disappointing the vice president when I can help it, but I, I'm afraid that it was just such a tragedy. We have to let it go. Um, look. And, and what are we doing about movie film workshops? Who's doing the props for our... Are we, are we... Well, this is the thing. We're, at, we're back at square one. Right. 
Because I did get a pitch from um, from our legal team mm-hmm. that we should have split movie film workshops into movie film digital and movie film practical. Okay. And and that way we um, have two branches who can work on on those things uh, independently. So oh, yeah. maybe maybe this is the chance to, to this launch. Might be it. Yeah, this might be the fresh start we needed to you know something that wiped the slate. I mean, I mean with all you due know, respect. Obviously, obviously, the Geostorm split movie film studios apart physically. Yes. And now we're just doing that on paper for for legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not happy about the Geostorm happening, but. There's always a silver lining. There's always uh, uh, new roads to go down, new paths to travel. So I think let's do it. All right. Okay. Get the contract over to the uh, lawyers immediately. I'm actually a little bit worried about the lawyers. I think they're forming like a critical mass. Oh, no. We keep hiring them and they're like a, almost becoming an evil entity in okay. their own right. But I mean, I mean that's, a, that's to be expected from a law firm, but we do have to keep a, an eye on that just in case they Look, do. Like I a, periodically open my office window and, and yell down at them on the factory floor to work harder and to be better lawyers. And I don't know what else I can do to, you know, curb that, um, that uprising, that potential uprising. Uh, I, look, I think it's just you're feeding the flames of revolution on oh the God, on the no. on the. Uh, oh no! Are they going to revolt? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to read up on our Russian and French uh, look, I, uh, I, histories look. to to find out how we stop the 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 masses from rising against the upper oh, class. Man. Okay, look, we've already lost a third of our workforce through that movie film uh, workshop disaster of 2017. I don't need to look. We our lawyers are our most valuable asset. That's we true. cannot lose them. All right. Uh, anyway, let's continue. Let's go. So, so we we enter this week in trailers. Yes. Um, and uh, this week we watched two trailers. The first of which was called Blockers. Blockers. Yeah. Uh, which is a uh, a comedy film in the same kind of vein as the Judd Apatow series of of films, the the forty year old virgin and. Funny people. Funny this is forty. Yeah. I think the the from the executive producers of were for, from Neighbors. I think in Australia that's called Bad Neighbors. The the Seth yes. Rogen. Rose Byrne and Zac Efron vehicle yes. about a new parents trying to raise a child next to a frat house. Indeed, so yes. Think that style of humor. Uh, the the twist on this is that it's um, essentially the American Pie plot of a group of teenagers heading into their senior prom with a pact to lose their virginities on prom night. Mm-hmm. Only this isn't told from the perspective of the children. It's told from the perspective of the parents mm. who don't want, in this case, their daughters to make horrible mistakes. Exactly. Now, the twist is one of their daughters has left their laptop open and in the age of all devices syncing up to each other, all the text messages, or they're, sorry, all the messages that they're sending to each other are also appearing on the laptop in front of their parents. Uh, so cue the weird kind of uh, interpretations of emojis because that's to, to be fair the only one that I know is eggplant and, that, <laughs> and eggplant means penis I've certainly heard a fair few of the ones that they mentioned in there but there's obviously the sort of cringe moment where yeah. parents are finding out with all these hidden um, all these hidden meanings behind these emojis and uh, and have figured out that they're talking about a giant sex pack. Yeah. And so we should probably mention at this point that the three parents or the three main stars of the film mm. are Ike Barinholtz, yes. uh, Leslie Mann, yep. and John Cena. John Cena, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, doing he's doing a bit of a Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's, a little he's bit, a, yeah. He's moved into the, mil, uh, yeah. the, the film star. He's in action films. He's in comedies. He seems to be have yeah. that um, so propensity for both of those roles. Here's the problem I have with him, particularly in this role. He just doesn't look like he fits into the role of a suburban house dad. Like, even though, look, here's this is a weird thing to say, but even though he's fully clothed in the trailer, I can just see him with his shirt off 
Like it just feels like his shirt is off and he just the, doesn't the belong there. The bulk of his body. Yeah. It cannot be contained cannot, by clothing. Yeah. And it shows through whatever yeah, he's, he's doing. He's meant to be wearing these kind of like schlubby dad clothes, like a plaid shirt and some... Actually, exactly what Isaac's wearing right now. <laughs> um, but because he is so burly and so built, it's just, it looks weird. It looks like it's been painted on and it just like, you know, you've got perfectly, um, you know... Uh, Medium body um, build of Leslie Mann and Ike, what's his name? Baron, Baron Holtz. Holtz, yeah. And then you've just got this hulking tank of a man next to him. To them. be fair, I think Ike Baron Holtz must be about 6'4 and reasonably built. Really? He, 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 just, he looks, he looks, looks minuscule. He looks weird next to John Cena. Next to John Cena. Yeah. Uh, this is a very... I, mm, so I, it, I it almost like had it. me. The, the trailer almost had me when it went... When I saw it was the... Uh, a, telling of the American Pie story from the parents' perspective where they're not just complicit in their children's uh, misbehaviours, mm. they're actively trying to stop. Yes. I find it a little bit strange that in this one it's three female teenagers who are losing their virginity and this is the one that we have to go, no, we stop them because men only really want you know that one thing from girls and yeah, teenage boys yeah, yeah. are dirtbags. And in America, uh, sorry, t- uh, American Pie, we're rooting for the... Um, uh, guys to lose their virginity i kind of like thought that it was a bit of a gender imbalance there like why are we stopping one group from trying to lose their virginity and rooting for the other ones but that's kind of where it like it grabbed me but there i'm like an interesting retelling and then it went let's do the so the main gag in the trailer is that they're trying to butt chug beers which again i wasn't really aware of was a thing but apparently you stick a tube up your ass with a, a funnel in it and you pour beer into your rectal cavity and in this one, like, uh, John Cena accidentally clenches and fires the beer back into Ike Barinholtz's face. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's disgusting ass beer. Yeah. Um, and there's also a very creepy line where uh, John Cena's character discusses or sort of makes mention of the fact that now every time he hugs his daughter, he can feel yeah. her boobs. And I was like, that's not... Yeah. That is not a funny line. That's just gross and disgusting. And I don't want to ever see anything like this ever. Yeah, you you raised the question of who is this for? And it's quite clearly not for teenagers because it's not no. a teen comedy. And it's not for parents because I can't imagine parents ever want to actually think about this sort of stuff with their kids. God, no. Um, I just, yeah. So there's a weird kind of void, I guess, where perhaps it's probably like, people our age, perhaps. It's, yeah, the 20 to 35-year-old people who don't have kids. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's funny to see how dysfunctional parents can be. It's like we're on that transitional period from being out of high school and that kind of world and transitioning more into a uh, suburban adult, I guess. But we're in that little weird gap where we're like, yeah, I I recognise aspects of that old world and I also recognise aspects of this new world I'm about to go into. So maybe it's for... Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Who knows? It's terrible. I'm not going to watch it. All right. Yeah, I, I also don't think I'm going to watch it. I also think it's not going to get great reviews, and no. uh, we'll see. No, we, no, no. we haven't done we haven't done one of those American style comedies on uh, movie film studios yet. No, maybe you're maybe right. we will. Yeah, they do seem uh, to make a lot of money. Yeah, so maybe it is time that uh, yeah, we took I mean, a. And I mean, we won't need the workshop for that either. There's not really much. No, we, of... I think we might have to found our own improv school <laughs> and and use that as a farm. Yep. for like the the Saturday Night yep, Live yep. type uh, improvisers just yep. who who come through and like, uh, like the Dirtlings will be the Dirtlings. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll you know yeah okay, yeah good idea cool. But let's get on to the next trailer. The next trailer, which was which was uh, Winchester. The something about a haunted house. That, the house, the house that, that ghosts, ghosts built. built that's I believe the was the, like, the little subtitle yes. there. Now this one's got um, Helen Mirren in it. Yes, it does. And uh, an Australian actor who's been in a lot of things that I can't remember his name. Yeah, he was in uh, 
Planet of the Apes, yeah, I think, uh, in no, one of the more recent. One of the, yeah. Dawn of the War of the Battle of It was the, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, not Rise. And then he was in Everest and he was in Terminator oh, Genesis. Terminator Genesis, that's right. His he name's playing Jason, I think. Sure. Like that. He looks like a Jason. Yeah, sure. Um, this is apparently based on a true story. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> inspired by actual events, I think is what they're saying. That's so right. Yeah, there's the the widowed wife of the um, Winchester the, Gun Company, the yes. gun company that the people who made the uh, automatic loading rifle mm. made a, a lot of money in the old west, and she's widowed, and she's commissioned these people to build a house, but the house is seven stories high, and there's hundreds of rooms, and she keeps is constantly being built and there's rooms that lead nowhere and doors yeah. that opened onto nothing and mazes and and uh it's just like oh you know people are questioning her sanity as to building this house i think this actual event may have happened she built this like really weird house and constantly got people to change it mm. in this story it seems as though her rationale behind it is to like trap souls or demons or ghosts in each of those rooms yep. and so this um Australian actor whose name we think is Jason. Jason. Yep. And so J- Jason comes in and he's just like, uh, we're the caretakers of the Winchester fortune and we are worried that you're spending all our money. And she's just like, oh, it's, there's things here. And so there's then you see the shots of like, there's a mirror and then a mirror flips yeah, around there's, and there's a ghost boy there. There's she's a like, ton of jump yeah, scares. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's that creepy hell is inhabiting the real world. Yeah. It's got this weird sort of like MC Escher architectural vibe to mm. the house um which was interesting now i'm not a horror fan by any stretch of the imagination i actually will avoid it like the plague uh but the whole concept of an mc escher style house um is actually really cool as, yeah. a, as a concept and it, it looks like it's been shot really well yeah. it looks like the the production and set design of actually building these rooms yeah it's it looks it looks good nice and then, period kind of feel yeah, yeah like so it's it would have been like the the late 1800s uh, end of the sure. american civil war sort yeah. of time frame i think is mm-hmm. is generally where that's set um and then the idea of having an mc escher house as like a, a trap for ghosts and souls mm. and stuff like that is kind of weird and creepy, a and it bit, looks yeah. a bit of freaky. Like it'll f- like uh, we'll get into what we've watched this week for our Halloween um, episode retrospective. Mm. But there's obviously been a huge foundation for the last thirty or forty years of how to freak people out in films, yeah, and, and jump scares and having people hidden in corners that weren't yeah, there before this is, is one of them. And this trailer is packed with that. So I mean, like again, I don't watch them because I generally don't like getting scared and i was frightened by this trailer at certain points those damn jump scares jump scare um the one thing that i did like about this trailer though because um you know how most there's a lot of horror films and usually it's just a single entity of some kind that's terrorizing a group of people or it might be two or three entities at, yeah, at the yeah. most this trailer had the gall to write on screen 500 spirits in this one house. Oh, it really- it's, it's just sort of like, it, like it literally cuts, goes spirits, demons, yeah. ghosts, poltergeists, yeah. spectres. Yeah. Uh, and, and just like everything, every, every word that you can think of for like these demonic apparitions, yeah. it just, it actually says those words on screen and cuts. Yeah. It's like, we got them all, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come down to Crazy Winchester's house. We've got spirits. We've got ghouls. We've got them out the wazoo. This week's special uh, two to one on apparitions. <laughs> Enter the bedroom and for the price of one, you'll see two apparitions. Hey, so you shut your pants. They're flying out the door. Uh, that's what it's like. Yeah, it's it's um it's the it is the movie film studio approach of like uh instead of one all yeah. just like <laughs> just back up the truck and dump <laughs> everything out yeah, and uh, put, and that'll put do. Put them in. 
I think they, yeah, they've gone back and just checked and seen every single type of, of spectre and haunted entity there was, and they're all in there. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like the Avengers of haunted spirits. It is. It, it very <laughs> much could be. It's like, yeah, the, the demonic girl from uh, The Exorcist yeah, is in yeah, one no, room. Yeah, she's in there. It's yeah. actually, it's just a, a holiday mansion. Like, that's what's, that's you what's. Know, I would uh, actually watch this film, like the cameo <laughs> appearances from every single haunt, like uh, the guy from, uh, from, um, uh, oh jeez what's the name of that the Hitchcock film Psycho oh yeah, uh, yeah Norman, Norman Bates, Bales yeah. he's in there somewhere um, you've got the, the girl from The Ring just sort of oh, yeah. popping up every now and then just to give she's a- got to go somewhere on she, spring break absolutely. she can't go down to oh, Miami with is, everyone it else is. it's the spring break <laughs> of like horror oh my gosh Speaking, speaking of which, and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this into our feature film of of franchises that have merged in with other franchises sure. and and have uh, long spin-offs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, our feature film mm-hmm. was a Nightmare on Elm Street, the yes. original 1984 mm-hmm. um, version, and I'm sure Freddy Krueger will probably pop up in that uh, Winchester, the house that ghost oh, built uh, film. Yeah, but his original appearance, obviously back in uh, back in '84. And uh, as our Halloween retrospective, our very spooktacular. Spooky. I um I'd never seen this film before, and so we um, we decided to go back and watch uh something that I suppose as again kids of the eighties was a very quintessential face. Yeah, you you, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you can see that classic um scarred and burnt face, and he's holding up his hand with his little knife yeah. finger blades. Um, but it's interesting as well because this is probably one of the earlier horror films that I know of, whereby. The entity was not a slow-moving, melodramatic uh, spirit of some kind. So it wasn't a zombie. It wasn't a slow-moving mummy. It wasn't a alluring and charismatic Dracula. It was a viciously and horribly scarred, um, fast-moving um, entity that existed only in dreamscape. So it could do these things that no other thing before could. See, there's a weird thing. You're comparing Freddy Krueger here to the um, monster films. Yes. Like, but whereas for me, he always existed in the slasher films. Okay. So more of your sort of your Friday the 13th or Halloween's. And yep. again, I think initially they started off as being actual people doing the murders mm. and going through and slashing up the teens. And they sort of ver- ventured a little bit into the supernatural. I think Jason comes back as a reanimated yeah, corpse. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. There's, I think there's like a delineation there of the like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just a guy who likes to kill people. Um, I think Halloween and the original Friday the 13th is a, like serial killers with the knives killing yeah, people. Yep. And then they obviously take a turn and they delve into that sort of supernatural. So you have your Freddy Krueger, mm. who's uh, yeah, a specter of the dreamscape who, who kills people. I think Chucky then becomes like a, a possessed doll who kills yeah, people. Yep, yep. I never really saw those as existing in the, the creature universe, but he, I mean, he is. He's a supernatural being. Absolutely. As, as much, just as much as... Um, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, like so. Yeah. Oh, we missed that guy. Yeah. Uh, let's before we get too far ahead of ourselves. I think we need to do our little two-minute recap, uh, which to date has never been two minutes long. <laughs> uh, we. I think you did it in forty-five seconds one week. Sure. And, and then we've done it in about fifteen minutes another week. So. <laughs> um, great. So I, I, before we do the recap as well, I'd just like to sort of touch on this point where. I came into this film having never watched it, but because it's been parodied on The Simpsons, yep. because it has spin-offs, because you've seen so many of the things, there's so many of the points of plot points of this movie that I know. Yeah. And I'm going to compare it to what is perhaps the original slasher film, which is Psycho, mm-hmm. where I sat down and watched Psycho and I knew the film. I knew the classic yeah, sequence yeah, yeah, in yeah. the shower because it's been done. I knew that 
um, staccato violin score. Yep. I knew that um, the mother was dead and that he was had split personality. So that, that big twist reveal at the end was spoiled on me somewhat mm. because uh, not spoiled on me, spoiled for me um, because I it, it was already such a part of pop like, culture, yeah, yeah of yeah. of the spirit of the fi- the whole industry of film that you can't go in with fresh eyes. And Friday the 13th is very much like that for me. Like, a lot of the scare of this is Freddy Krueger's face. You mean Sorry, you mean Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on the yeah. Elm Street, sorry. Friday the... Th- like, to me, they're all the same sort of thing. But obviously, sure. a Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger. This, his... Like, the, the very look of his burnt and scarred and hideously mangled face is a lot of what um, is supposed to elicit that sense of fear and horror yes. and dread. But... I have known that face for as long as I can remember. Oh yeah, like as yeah. A, I'm sure as a six year old, I have drawings of this guy with a scarred face because mm. I mean, uh, this film's been around for longer than I have been, and yes. so it's it's just knowing what he looks like, and and that just sort of uh, demystifies it a little bit. And the same thing with uh, again spoilers and plot points: the fact that the the par- that Freddy Krueger was a like a, a child murderer yes. who the parents banded together and burnt alive. Mm. I knew that already coming in. And yeah. it's, it's a great little twist in the middle of the film, but because again, it's part of that pop culture. So lots lots of what happens in this film is not a surprise, and a yep. lot of it is you sitting there waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, interesting to think about it in that perspective, and that's I mean the only thing that you can really say there is that because we are doing retrospectives, you're going to have that in our films. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I, th- I think it's a testament, though, to the quality of the film itself, that it has transcended itself to become this pop culture icon. So again, I'm in the same boat as you in that I've never seen this film, but I know Freddy Krueger. I know what he wears. I know how he acts. I know what generally happens in this film um, without having been seen. Like, I mean, the I saw the Simpsons episode where... Uh, they parody it in a Halloween episode with Willie playing Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Far, far before I knew anything concrete about uh, the character itself, right? Um, and even that episode was mildly terrifying to me because of how well... And, I, and I, now that I think about it, they parodied it so well. Um, they They conveyed that same sense of dread and that same sense of like, this is a force that you cannot possibly defeat. Yeah. Because it exists not in the real world. It doesn't exist in the tangible physical world. It exists in your dreams only. Um, and I remember watching that ep- that Simpsons episode when I was a very young kid and just being like, what if that was actually real, right? Like, what if that was a thing and I couldn't escape it? Like, And that's the kind of thing that fills you with existential dread when you're seven years old, <laughs> right? Um, but I think even with films that transcend uh, themselves and become pop culture icons... I think it's still great to see how well they're done, even if you know what's coming, even if you know the plot or if you recognize elements of it. It's still wonderful to see how well they did it originally. And there's so many great things about this film that I pulled out of it, despite knowing exactly what was going to happen. But again, let's not get... Yeah, too far ahead. So we do need to again with a, a five minute preamble. We're about to do our two minute <laughs> recap. Do you remember whose turn it is? Because I I don't have any idea. I think it's mine, but I I like splitting duties on this because again I am not great with details. Um, I tend to forget. I I remember like the big ticket stuff, but like the exact points where the film starts or where certain right. things happen, I tend to just forget. I'll I'll do it this week then. Oh, uh, that'd be lovely. It's uh, I think it should be reasonably easy. All yes. Right, so yeah, yeah. Uh, count me in. All right, your time starts. Now, 
So we open, there's a, a blonde teenager running through what looks like a, a industrial style. Yeah. Uh, we le- later learn it's, it's a boiler room, but it's got that sort of, you know, pipes and steam, steam everywhere. Mm. Um, she's being chased by something. Uh, we only really see the silhouette and the outline. She's terrified. The thing pops up behind her and then she wakes up in bed and she's in a cold sweat mm. and it was all just a dream. But there's a slash across her nightgown uh, or the four long parallel slashes. Mm. And her mum comes in and is like, you shouldn't, you should cut your fingernails before you go to sleep, love. Otherwise, you'll ruin your nightdress. Or, uh, yeah, she was like Australian, wasn't she? Anyway, yeah. um, so uh, then we uh, go to school the next morning and there's a bunch of four kids, one of which is a very young Johnny Super Depp. Super young. Look, doesn't look anything like Johnny Depp. No. Like they say, oh, Johnny Depp's ageless. And you look at this young Johnny Depp and you're like, oh, no, the old no, no, one's just a, a uh, husk of what this young kid <laughs> used to be. Anyway, um, they start to, uh, discuss that they had bad dreams. It's like, I had a bad dream. I had a bad dream too. What was yours about? Uh, some guy was after me. And it sort of transpires that they've all been dreaming the same thing. Mm. Um, the we it, it has a lot of very weird slow fades to black and then slow fade from from black as a scene transition yep anyway let's not talk about why they do that it's a weird 1980s um choice yep. uh we go to the the four kids houses i don't know well it's actually the four of them at one of the houses the yeah, blonde they, they girl from the over. original dreams dream sequence her parents are away um they all go there uh the blonde girl um and the rock star boyfriend of who's not johnny depp um are you know doing it up in the the bedroom Mm -hmm. and because i think it's one of those plot points in slasher films if you have sex in a film you get you're the first to get murdered and true to form she falls asleep and has a dream freddy krueger comes and slashes her up uh the boyfriend wakes up during this Mm -hmm. and this blonde girl's being thrown around the room by an invisible force and murders her brutally and he runs away and then the police come it's like oh the boyfriend did it Mm -hmm. and then uh, they catch the boyfriend and then Freddy Krueger comes and hangs him in the cell and then the police are just like, oh, he was so guilty that they hung her. So the main uh, character in this film is the daughter of the police chief who is yes. having these dreams um, and she has these dreams and Freddy's after her and she falls asleep in class and wa- uh, wakes up screaming and it's like, oh, she's just upset because her friend died and no one will believe her. The parents take her to a sleep specialist and um, she somehow, during that nightmare she has there, grabs Freddy Krueger's hat and brings it back into the real world mm-hmm. and they still don't believe her that she's brought a hat back yep. and there's cuts on her arm and then eventually... Um, she, she formulates a plan. She does formulate a plan, which is very much Home Alone. She, very she home learns alone, a yeah. bo- She borrows a book apparently which has how to set up traps Yep. She sets up traps in her house and she's like, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to grab Freddy Krueger and then wake up. And I've established through with this hat that I can drag them into the real world. Mm. Uh, she tries it. Um, I think Johnny Depp gets murdered across the road and yes. all the police are over there. Um, and she brings him back and the then sets him alight. And the cops come in. But Freddy, who's already been burnt in the past, the fire doesn't help him. And she, he goes and kills this main girl's mum. Yep. And then... Uh, then it, w- it wakes up. It's like oh, it was all a dream the whole time, and there's a very bright and sunshiny, and there's a little bit of yeah. mist. And they get into a car, which is colored the same way as Freddy Krueger, yeah. and then they drive away, and they're screaming because the car is Freddy Krueger, and then Freddy Krueger drags the mom into the house. Yeah. It's this really weird ending where you're not sure what parts of the film were and were not a dream. You're not sure who did and did not get killed. Mm. You're not sure how Freddy Krueger exists between the different, like, you know, the dream world or the real world yeah. or his own creations. And um, and essentially we end there where Freddy Krueger is this manifestation of a dream world who cannot be killed by any means and yes. will always be there to, to haunt Indeed. you. Indeed. Uh, very creepy kind of ending, I guess. My reading of the ending is that um, 
So her name is Nancy, uh, the the main character of this film. So Nancy, to defeat Freddy, uh, her whole thing is like, I don't believe in you. You're not real. You're yeah. just a dream. My, my fear of you is the thing that's giving you power. That's right. Yeah. If I ignore you and don't fear you, then yeah. I take away the power that yeah. I've given you. And so the film does this thing whereby it implies that she has now defeated him and everything that he has done has now been reversed. So it sort of cuts to a scene where she's leaving the house. Um, her mum's still alive. All her friends are still alive. And she's about to go to school. Um, but then it turns out it's actually another dream and Freddy cannot be defeated. Yeah, I feel like it's a very Inception dream within a dream within a dream. A little sort bit, of yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and because there's not a huge difference between the real world and the dream world, mm. so they're like, you know, it won't show them falling asleep and then realizing they're in a dream. They're like yeah. sitting there trying to stay awake and then thing and then they're like oh i'm having trouble staying awake so they'll get up to walk out and they'll open a door and it won't quite lead them to the right place and like yeah yeah, you you as the audience realize they're a dream but as the as the um characters in the film they're still not like 100 percent sure what's going on nancy becomes a little bit more self-aware as the film progresses because she is specifically trying to fall asleep to defeat freddie but yeah for the most part it's it's a weird kind of blend of like well is this uh are they asleep or not and i liked that aspect of it right like it's that um it's a similar, you know, a similar kind of way to the way we all dream, I guess. In that, when you're in a dream, you don't know you're in a dream. Yeah, and it just you, feels like, and the, you look at something, it's like that's slightly out of place, and then your mind goes, "No, it's not." Yeah. and then you just keep just going, just keep going, going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's then, that's the whole and point. Then weird things happen. <laughs> yes. Um. So I think you mentioned that uh, you quite liked the way that Michelle Gondry had handled dream sequences in um, Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and The Science of Sleep. And this sort of has a very sort of it's a similar familiar, kind of thing like a it, precursor yeah. to that sort of style it's, where it, do, it does dreaming in a way that uh, is interesting and kind of feels like an actual dream. And and to and being a film where the, the primary mode of your uh, antagonist's method of killing you is through the dream world, mm. it makes sense. And uh, Wes Craven, I think it's the director of the film, yes, writer yeah. and director, um, handles that very, very well. Yeah. There's a, I think that film, and I guess the vi- like a visual medium in general, is really the best way to convey the idea of dreams, right? Because you can do stuff uh, with a camera that you couldn't physically see with your own eyes in the real world, right? So the camera can do cutaways, the camera can pan away, the camera can do all sorts of weird little tricks. And it's something, again, that Michelle Gondry does to beautiful effect in the films that he's made. Um but it's 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 fantastic seeing stuff like uh, there's a sequence where Nancy falls asleep in the middle of English class, right? So there's no scene transition there, but everything just starts slightly changing. So there's a kid reading some Shakespeare out at the front of the class, and then suddenly his tone has changed, and the stuff that he's reading has changed. Um, and Nancy looks to her left, and the corpse of her friend yeah. is talking to her inside a body bag. Um, and then you see her corpse being dragged through the school hall, not being lifted by anyone, but clearly looks like someone invisible is grabbing her by the legs and dragging her off down the hall. Um, it's super creepy, right? Like, it's the kind of thing that, you know, if you have a really weird mind <laughs> and you have really bad nightmares, it's the sort of th- stuff that you would see in dreams. And the and she'll, she starts seeing stuff like... Um, um, parts of different areas start blending into the school, right? So uh, she turns down a hallway and then suddenly like a whole bunch of dead leaves in the middle of the hallway. 
Um, and then she opens a door and she's in the boiler room yeah. from um, the, the dream at the start of the film. And there's a few other times during the film where she's in her own house and she goes into the basement and then it's the boiler room. Yeah, and then um, and, and then exits a, a door in that basement and yeah. suddenly she's exiting an upstairs room in a house. So it's yes. like this this maze of rooms that don't quite lead into one another properly. Yeah. It's like that's exactly how yeah. dreams work. Um, without like the dreams don't adhere to a sense of spatial spatial logic that the that the no. real world does. And I that's that's one of the things I really liked about this film. Uh, couple that with some fantastic practical effects just, just in, the- in a way where lots of the film uh, and you look at this for the, the low budget budget horror films like mm. Evil Dead for example Sam Raimi is in Bruce Campbell are pretty much just out in the forest with a video camera yeah. and you're like yeah I can sort of see how you could do this and large chunks of this film I'm like yeah you have a, a mediocre crew with a, a good cameraman and some good lighting yeah. um, you could pretty much make a lot of this stuff and then some of the stuff some of the practical effects that they do I just like I, I don't know how I would do that now. Yeah. Like obviously, uh, what, this was 1984. Yes. So we're 33 odd years later yeah. on, and I was like, I can't figure out how you made that look that seamless, I, or yeah. how how you. Um, so one of the best examples is uh, the boyfriend who has been accused of killing um, the original girl mm-hmm. is locked up in a jail cell, um, and Freddy Krueger uh, walks straight through the bars of the prison cell mm. and the the way that it's shot is just seamless yeah. just absolutely seamless like he just keeps walking as if the bars aren't even there yep. and I have absolutely no idea how it looks that good yeah I, I mean I know how they did it but it's just the 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 quality of the way that they've done it is phenomenal um, even stuff like so there's a couple of se- so in that same sequence uh, a little bit later on um, you see the sheets of the bed that he's sleeping on start to contort and twist themselves up into a, a sort of rope. A rope, which is um, going to be a noose for him to hang himself. Yeah, and it starts uh, going underneath his neck and tying itself up around his around his neck. Now, this is the kind of thing that they would do with uh, stop-motion photography, at least back in those days, um, whereby they'd shoot, a, they'd shoot a frame of the rope, of the knot or whatever itself, move it slightly, shoot it on the frame, and keep doing that until they get the entire sequence down. Um, now, this doesn't always look natural because it's missing stuff like motion blur. It's missing yeah. stuff like the natural kind of gravity falling upon this kind of thing. But the action of it going around his neck looked amazing. It, 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 looked, just looked, it looked like the sheet was almost slithering, kind yeah. of like an entity in its own right. Um, there's, there's a, a shot where the mother is um, being dragged... Th- uh, through her bed into like so that the bed has turned into like this blue glowing portal and she's sinking down into some sort of nether region yeah, hell sort yeah, of yeah. thing and the lights are flashing and then it just kind of flashes and the bed sheet's real again yeah and there's no v- vortex into and it's literally like this transition where you go i didn't it was seamless yeah. i was looking for the transition and i didn't see it there was a flash yeah. of light and it was just kind of there and i'm not sure if it's the quality of the lighting or the way yeah, that the yeah. camera shot's been locked off or the way they've done the practical effect but it just I just went, holy crap, that yeah, looked good. Yeah. My favourite one uh, in particular was a shot earlier in the film where Nancy is asleep and the wall above her uh, starts contorting and deforming and then you see Freddy kind of push his way through the wall without breaking it. So yeah, like, kind of like kind the wallpaper is made out. of lycra yeah. and he's pushing against it and he, the silhouette of his hands and his yeah, face yeah, are yeah. being pressed against the wall. And it just looked amazing it looked amazing and then you actually see in like the very next shot she reaches up and starts tapping on the wall to yeah. prove that it's solid yeah and i'm just like yeah, yeah just i mean beautifully done. also to be fair there's a couple of really cheesy 
bad practical yeah, effect yeah, shot. Yeah. So like she's talking on the phone and then Freddie answers his phone and she's like, You wanted to talk to your boyfriend? Yeah. I'm, I'm your boyfriend. And then like the, the receiver on the um the phone turns into a tongue and yeah, tries yeah, to yeah. make up with her and it's like quite clearly just like a bad plastic <laughs> sort of tongue thing. I think the thing that we laughed at the most though was right at the start of the film when we see Freddie for the first time, he has these amazingly long, <laughs> like Muppet-esque arms yeah. that he uses. They're to, almost like... on like these telescopic levers. Yeah, that yeah, are... yeah. So that he's he's trying to he's walking down an alley and he wants to reach out to rub his knife fingers on the alley walls but obviously yep. his arms aren't long enough so they just auto extend <laughs> but it's just yeah it looks it, very it didn't look right like yeah. it looks like you know as a kid when you get like a, an inner tube and in a cardboard tube and then attach it to your arms and just sort of <laughs> wave them in the air like that uh it looked like that yeah. and i was like ah, oh, that's not the best introduction to what is meant to be a very frightening character it just looks like you've got muppet arms <laughs> um but i mean all, all in all this film was good i mean it's granted it's lost its impact um, yeah. as a result of us knowing what was going to happen. And also, it doesn't go for many jump scares and there's a, the music's a bit like it's a bit 80s. Touch. Yeah. It is a bit 80s. I'm that- just like, uh, you could probably rescore this with a much more um, sus- suspenseful score, but they've gone mm. very sort of techno- um, yeah, there's a bit of synth, synth pop yeah. in there yeah. as well. And then they've got an end credit song that just doesn't feel doesn't like it fit. fits there yeah. at all. Um but it, it, all in all, it's a very well-made film. Freddy Krueger as a as a villain, as an as a spectre, is wonderfully designed as well. Yeah, and you can see you can see the history. So I think we had a look, and um, a franchise like Friday the Thirteenth mm. already had four films bef- yeah. before this was released. So A Nightmare on Elm Street came out in '84, yeah. and so did. Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Mm. And so you can already see that these slasher films, and again, if we go back even further, I think we said Psycho was the original one in the 60s. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is 74, Mm -hmm. but had these one or two sort of slasher films up until the 80s. Like the 80s hit and suddenly there's 15, 16, 17 slasher films being put out a year. And then all of these um, iconic characters have start sort of franchising off. And you could very much feel like there's already this... Uh, foundation of an established genre before A Nightmare on Elm Street came along. Yeah. But it took that and twisted it and it's sort of like it's in his dreams and he's, this guy has sort of these supernatural qualities, which is kind of interesting. Um, and you could see that there's a great foundation, a great character mm. that if you did want to franchise it, and we all, we now know that they did. Yeah. You very easily could have because... Not, it, not even that they were intending to, though. No, I'm not sure they... I think... Oh, yeah, who knows? I don't think they were, but anyway. Again, I think they did a very movie film studio thing. They analysed <laughs> the uh, the culture of the time and they went, people love slasher films. Yeah. Let's create a character yeah. who can be in the slasher films and if it's well-received... Because I'm sure there's hundreds of other slasher films that came out yeah, and the yeah. main characters just weren't rece- well-received and they didn't franchise Probably out. Not, yeah. but, uh, but Freddy did and then Freddy started versing all the... <laughs> Freddy versus Jason and... Um, it's still going as well that feud apparently yeah I don't know again the, the Jason thing's a bit weird I again haven't seen the films I know enough about it that yeah. like he died and in the first film I think his mother was actually dressing up as him to kill the yeah, people who yeah. And then, and then in the second one, it's actually Jason. It's actually Jason's yeah. reanimated corpse. And then I think from then on, it actually it becomes really he becomes this zombie deity who yeah. um, they try and blow up, but he can, yeah. keep, keeps coming back because of rituals and spells and stuff like that. Yeah. So Isaac, I mean, you just mentioned that slasher films are really popular. They are. And again, I mean, they're 
and like perennially popular. So we perennially have a, popular. Yeah, you sure. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's the right usage of the word, but sure, mm. why not? Uh, we had, I, I, you know, I know what you did last summer. That franchise through yeah. the nineties, Scream, yeah. which obviously sort of referenced sure. all those slasher yeah, films. They've done the about eight of them, haven't they? Yeah. It's a lot of screen films. I know. And then even that, even from then, Scary Movie franchised That's itself right, a parody? As, as a parody of a film which was a commentary on a genre. Saw? We're in Saw. reboot territory we for are, Saw now. Like, yeah. So, I mean, the, the hero, the, the superhero genre has to be winding down at some point. We've yeah, already yeah, yeah. acknowledged that there's certain road markers along the way that yep. means that it's reaching the end of its tether. Yep. If we can start branching off into other genres, we might get our foot in the door early yeah. for whatever the next big one happens to be. Yeah. And and I think slasher films could very well be it. Yeah, this is a great idea. And I mean, we've already kind of... Ta- like, we've done some sort of tiptoeing into this territory with our At yeah. film, yeah. Uh, which it's was done... Uh, Stephen V. King's... Stephen V. King's um, clown-based social media. And, and now that he's teamed horror. up with uh, Tim Clancy... Yes. And, and they're in the. They've actually got like uh, in the writers' room together yeah, and we, boun- <laughs> bouncing ideas off one another. Who knows what they can come up with? But before, I'm just going to have to say, we have a problem last week where we actually came up with some ideas, yep. and we weren't in our green room. Uh, and yeah. uh, from a tax perspective, we can only claim work hours if we do it on work property. Okay. So I think we're going to have to before we come up with any brilliant ideas, take it into the green room yep. where all great our ideas are born. <laughs> Into existence, yep. and they're already greenlit. Yep. So, so let's go. Here we go. Da, 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 up the stairs, take the elevator, secret key code. Remember what it is? Oh, I don't. It's 2222. Two, two, two. Oh, it is 2222. Two, two, two. Yep, yep, yep. That's great. Uh, open the doors. Okay, face scan, retina scan. Da, 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 da. Bzz, mm. There we go. Right, Ruined. okay. I, I actually... I haven't been in here since we installed that all that new security. Is that fear of the, oh, uh, fear, the lawyer, the lawyer uprising? Yeah, it is. It really is. And I mean, look, after the geostorm hit the workshop as well, I oh, yeah. just not. I'm I'm a bit. It's jumpy. all. It's, it's it's a bunker, but it's an above ground bunker, I believe, so we can look down. <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on the workforce. On the workforce. <laughs> all right. Okay. So now we're in the green room. Yeah. Where do you want to take this? Because I, I feel as though there's two routes we can take, yep. and we can take the 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 OG, the original slasher, yep. which is just essentially a, a psychopath with a knife killing yep. people yep. for vengeance or whatever whatever reasons. Yep. Or that obviously then evolved into these characters having supernatural um, uh, powers yeah, 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 and yep. them being entities and possessed puppets and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, I mean, there's. Uh, I don't want to go too referential here. But we were talking about doing a Creature from Black Lagoon reboot a while ago. We were. There's like the, the Teen Wolf. Oh, that was part of the Mummy. Part of the, yeah. Or, yeah, one of the two. Um, it was it was, it was part of the uh, the Dark Universe. The Dark universe. We, we've, we've got that running bet where they need we to do. release two. I do have a slight bet update on that as well, but yeah. we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, do we want to do a kind of Creature film? Oh, like, do we want to... I mean, like, Freddy is human. I, I mean, yes, he is technically human, but given how much he's been disfigured and scarred... He doesn't look very human. I mean, do we do something that's human-esque in nature? A bit more humanoid? Okay. And do we go for more of a, a creature? Like a ring-style creature? Oh, oh, that sort of horror-y, yeah, terror-y yeah, kind. Yeah, there, there's yeah. like, I mean, the Annabelle and The Conjuring yep. and those sort of films are, yep. are quite popular. Yep. Um, so we, we do an entity. Yes. A, a supernatural entity. Supernatural entity. Yeah. That has... Um, and it's obviously, I think, the seeking vengeance on people who have wronged it. I actually really like the, the A Nightmare I, on Elm yeah, Street. Yeah, it's yeah. like your parents 
or I was part of like you and your parents did something yeah. weird and now I'm seeking vengeance on you as That's teenagers. Right, yeah. I don't want our entity to just be a malicious entity for the sake of being malicious. No. I wanted to have like, a... It, yeah, has a group of friends, yeah. gets along really, really well yeah, with yeah. Uh, it's, and, and as an entity, in some circles, real nice, but yep. those group of friends... Their parents didn't summon it from like the hellspawn yep. and just like leave it out to you know die in the woods. Yep. Um, and it you know it left it there. It struggled to survive. It held on. It sort of it's, it's actually probably got like part tree. Like it was raised <laughs> in the forest by the by the tree creatures. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like the bark man sort of. Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a little bit ant like dryad. Yeah. Actually, we could do dryads. Dryads are kind of like yeah. that, that fantasy creature with uh, the yeah, you're right. yeah. So, so I think this, like is, this thing, is finger uh, uh, twig fingers or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so the basic story is that these parents back in like the I actually want to say what, what, how old the parents now. If these kids are seventeen, <laughs> yeah, their parents back in the late nineties. Geez, yeah. that makes me feel old. Old. <laughs> um, because uh, I would have said the parents back in the seventies. I'm yeah. like, no, that's when my parents were like, you know, <laughs> yeah, kids. They were like a little too old for this. Now nowadays, your back in the day parents would have been in the in the late yeah, <laughs> the late nineties. Um, went out into the forest and and summoned uh some sort of demon in in a ritual that they're just kind of goofing around, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. that that demon has attached itself to like a, a, tree, a tree or a plant yeah. and become this sort of dryad ent type yeah, yeah. monster. Uh, and I, yeah, yep. Okay, so you. <laughs> Here's where my mind is going right now. What's a lot of furniture made out of? Uh, plastic and metal. <laughs> no, I, I apologize. I should have run with a bit. It's wood. It's wood, AJ. It is wood. It is cor- you are correct. It's 100% wood. I'll edit out the other bit. Um, so what if these group of teenagers, they summon the entity from the other world? Yep. It ties itself to a tree. Yeah. Because it's the first living thing that it's found. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, it's a tree. And a tree can't do anything. It can't move. Sure. It has to sit there. It gets nutrients from the ground. It, it grows with the sun, water, and all that kind of stuff. It's just been a tree. It's just been a tree. Yeah. yeah. It's it's deep down inside it. It is the most evil, uh, most possessed tree ever. But because trees can't do anything, it's just there. Hundreds of people walk past it in a year. And no one notices anything. Like, it's not a tree that sort of, like, is leaking black sap or people go near it and they're like, ooh, I'm getting a weird vibe from that tree. Yeah. Um, it does nothing. Exactly. And, like, the squirrels and the birds landed it. Yeah. It has nothing against squirrels normal. and birds yeah. at all. It's yeah. perfectly normal. But one day, uh, the forest that it's in starts being um, harvested for yeah. wood. Yeah. So And this wood is being used to make furniture. And that tree gets cut down loaded onto a truck and taken to a furniture factory. And there is where it starts unleashing hell. Right. So before it gets turned into furniture, yeah. it becomes this sort of like, it morphs itself into this anthropomorphic tree person. Yes. And who's, is it taking vengeance? Maybe maybe the entire town, right, is, yeah. is based around the logging industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, it's this, a logging town, right? Yeah, like, so this, this this tree is just sort of like your entire reason for existence yep. is the destruction of my brethren. Yes. The, and then it does that Pied Piper thing. The only thing that um, can make you pay for what you've done is if I take vengeance on your yeah. uh, teenage nubile <laughs> uh, people who are exploring their own sexuality. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Which is exactly where Wes Craven loves to, to put exactly that. Exactly right. So they're going out the woods and you know, drinking and getting a little bit frisky, yeah. and that's where the tree man strikes. Yeah. I would also. I like the. I also like the idea that um, parts of the tree man become stuff like headboards for beds, 
and because headboards are connected to doing the business. So is it is this kind of like this this fractured con- like I mean I get I, 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 they have to have discarded some part of the tree yep. who's become this sort of tree man. Yep. But other bits and pieces of the tree have been just become into, furniture. And yeah. so it's like he as he goes along and kills people, yep. he re uh, <laughs> reclaims the, reclaims the uh, you know reclaims the wood. And yep. obviously you know reclaimed wood is a, is a great source of uh, <laughs> environmentally consciousness. Uh, uh, environmentally conscious. Is because yes. he's he's part of the environment and he's conscious. Yep. Have we already come up with the name of the film? Yes, maybe. We have. Um. Uh. So then, um. Yeah, he starts reclaiming that timber back yeah. into him, and he grows yeah. up into a, a bigger, into and a more bigger, powerful yeah, 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 monster yeah. as he like amassing yeah, growth, bed heads yeah. and chopping uh, boards, yeah, ben, and, and a nice uh, little, a nice little corner table as well. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I like where this is going. Yeah. Uh, so what is, I mean, what's he going to be called? We can't call him a, a you said dried because that's an, uh, an established yeah. uh, mythical character. Um, I think he needs a name. Or it could be even she. Could oh, be she. I think. We've never had, I've never, I can't think of a. You know what? Film that has a female I don't know it. how that works with trees. Because again, we're getting technical and back in like year eight science where you yeah, have like okay. angiosperms, which are like flowering plants. <laughs> yep. And I think. Sometimes a flower has both male and female parts. Ah, okay. Sometimes it requires a male and a female tree to be in proximity so they can be cross-pollinated or yeah. something like that. You even have like bryophytes and conifers which like reproduce in really different ways. Sure. So maybe we just make it like um just sort of like androgynous, right? It's just Hermaphroditic, like, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? It, do- it it doesn't matter. Hermy? Hermy. No, I I don't really think the character name should uh <laughs> Uh, well, hang on. I mean, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the character's name is Freddy. Yeah, I mean, that's hardly sinister. Yeah, but he's not a Fredaphrodite. <laughs> um, I think. I think. I don't know. I, I really like the the Greek myths and stuff, so I'd probably okay, yep. be drawing from that a little bit more. But uh, I don't Surely know. Hermes is Hermes is a yeah. Greek name. Maybe maybe he's an elm, and it's just a little wink. wink. Uh, okay, yeah. It's a wink. Maybe this is the original Elm Street. That's that's where Elm ah, Street got its name, and that's okay. how it fits into the broader universe. Yeah. So if Wes Craven comes to us, he's like, we'd really like to uh, to introduce your your elm wood yep. tree man character who's. We'll call Hermes. Hermes, there you go. Um, uh, Who is an elm tree? He's an elm tree, and his name's Hermes. It's like, we'd really like to introduce this into a franchise. How do we do it? It's like, already ahead of you, Wes. He's an elm. He's the original elm, of which Elm Street was named. Already part of your universe, Wes. We're way ahead of you. How does he fit in with Freddy? We haven't watched those films yet. We're not quite sure. (laughs) No, Uh, I, I can even bridge that gap. But the thing is, we're making a prequel to the film that is officially... Not a prequel until Wes Craven says that we can make uh, it can be a prequel. So yeah. we're setting it all up. We're saying it's an elm tree, and it'll just fit beautifully into that universe without us having to do anything different. We're not violating copyright either. Uh, we're not directly referencing Freddy Krueger or any of the characters in that film. But it being a prequel set so far in the past has just enough to connect it to a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And my kind of thing is the bridging connection point there would be um, the elm tree, Hermes. Yeah. Whatever happens in our film, we haven't quite figured that out yet, but basically the spirit of Hermes goes forth to possess other people throughout the ages. At some point, it latches onto a actual person called Freddy Krueger, turns him evil. Ah, and what, what what's Freddy Krueger's main thing? He's burnt. He's what burnt. does wood do? Burns. It burns. Yeah, it burns. Yeah. It, in fact, perhaps that's how Hermes is, in air quotes, defeated at the end of 
environmentally conscious. Environmentally conscious. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets burned. But right? yeah, I don't know. This but is, is he? This is he is... burnt? Because what's left over after you burn tr- uh, after you burn wood? Ash. Ashes can never disappear. Ash. Are you, are you saying ash from Evil Dead? Is well, that I, is that I am is now? That, is that a prequel? Is also a prequel to the I Evil Dead now. series? I am now. Yes. The Sam qu- Raimi, where are you? The question is like if we can't really burn him to ashes, right? Because we we have to think franchising. AJ, this is a thing, right? Oh, this right. is the point of all of these films is that you set up a character that can come back in yeah, part yeah, two, yeah. part three, part four. Yeah. Unless I mean, we do that. Ashes are like, oh great, we've we've defeated him. We'll bury his ashes in the ground. Yep. Where do trees come from? They grow out of they the ground. Of you the can't ground. put his ashes yeah. back in the dirt because more trees are going to grow. That's and right. And then you'll have two Hermes coming at you. Oh, you'll have multiple Hermes. Like Hermes just multiplies and goes bizarre. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like this- a forest of Hermes. Exactly. I mean, this is, you know, uh, environmentally conscious to yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the deadly forest or whatever. I mean, yeah. it doesn't really matter. No one ever thinks, like, what, what was. Uh, Friday the 13th part 8 Jason takes Manhattan <laughs> or something horrible you don't need to think about these uh, these titles no, you just no, no, no. spit out the first thing that comes into your head I do want to get to a part 8 though with our environmentally conscious franchise um, now okay so we've just, we've got Hermes as our character we know his backstory now we know what he is yeah his motivations his motivations are what is his what can he actually do how is he killing like how is he slashing people is he um, so I know we've got haunted furniture. Yeah. And then we've also got Hermes as a wooden, uh, ent- like a wooden figure of some yeah. kind who can move around and can do all that kind of stuff. So let's figure out, first of all, how does the furniture kill? I don't think the fur- furniture kills. I think he's he kills the people who have purchased that furniture because he, ah, he, he's breaking in there yes, to, to re- okay. reassess that into his body. Because he can feel it. Yeah, he can exactly. feel that part of his essence is in all these different houses of people who've bought exactly. furniture from yeah. him. Okay, great. So, how exactly does he or it kill? I think like there's I can just picturing in my head that classic sort of like uh, you know the tree branch on the window with the lightning. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh, it was just a tree. Yep. Yeah, you're damn right. It was just a tree. <laughs> it was Hermes, and like the branch just comes in, put, yep. reaches around it, and sort of pulls it out, yep. sort of whomping willow style. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's so many things you can do with like. Uh, plants like dragging people underground yeah, yeah. that's not bad like yep. like it's the trees just sort of standing there it's like just yeah. a tree the roots come up out of the ground grab your legs Beautiful. and pull you underground becomes fertilizer yeah exactly right? like so that like he's he's harvesting people so that he or she it i'm gonna say it from now on so that it can create food for itself exactly yeah right um turning people into into nourishment to make yep. itself grow bigger and stronger I love the idea of the kind of boa constrictor style oh, deaths yeah. as well, yeah. like the vines reaching out and grabbing them and and constricting them and again pulling them down uh, and consuming them. Maybe like a Venus flytrap, right? Yeah. So exactly. Venus flytrap will open its mouth, a fly lands in it because it smells something delicious, and then it slowly dissolves the fly after getting stuck in there. Yeah. So I like the idea of a slow dissolving death, and as well as that, you can have shots later on in the film where like one of the friends comes by and they open. Well, they're somewhere and they open the door and then they see the partially decomposed body of one of their friends and it's all green and dripping and um, in the in the state of like in the process of becoming plant food, right? Like that'd that's, be a super that's horrifying. Cool. And I think what we're doing here is we're and what we need to be doing and we're, we're doing a great job is creating a compelling villain. Yeah, but the 
story is never really told from the perspective of the villain. No, good it's point. told from the perspective of the teenagers. Yeah, and I love that shot you've got of the the even like worms, like it's turning into yeah. food. There's like yep. dirt all over him, worms crawling in. That's a great jump scare moment. Yeah, but who are our teens? Who are they? Um, yeah, and what are the, obviously their motivation is just for staying alive. Staying they didn't. Alive, they didn't yeah. know. No. They just went into the thrift shop for you know buying Christmas gifts. Yep. There were nice chopping boards and rolling <laughs> pins and and yep. chairs and yeah, um and stools stuff. and stuff like that. They're like, this will be great for presents mm. for everyone. They didn't know that they were inviting cursed wood into their homes. Yeah. and that was going to kill. Them. So obviously that's happening. Mm. But who are they and what are their motivations and really. It's it's one of those. I, I, what I love in these slasher films is that like there's a uh, five people enter, but only one survives. Yeah. So we have four deaths to come up with and four characters to die. Yeah. So I think that'll be a, an interesting place to go. Okay. Who are they? Uh, I mean, okay. I want to introduce a character called Susan. Susan. Yeah. So Susan is a Susan is a librarian, right? So already a disdain for the products that Wood can create oh, in right. terms of paper. I mean, but they're teenagers usually a library assistant. Li- library assistant. Yeah. Right, all right. right. So is she, is she then like one of those sort of bookworms, bit of a bit of an outcast from yeah. school because yep. she's just like, oh, who who reads books? Yeah. Nowadays exactly. we're all e-books and Kindles. <laughs> yes. What's what's a library anyway? I don't even know what Dewey Decimal means, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so she should be the first death. Yeah. Um, Purely because she's got an even bigger connection to wood, and to wood products than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so the 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 Hermes, the the tree monster, sees her in what is essentially like a slaughterhouse of like it's oh, just yeah. like rows and rows and rows of yeah. his mangled and pulped up Brethren, friends. Yeah, and, yeah. and Hermes is just like you have to go. Oh, I think that uh, Hermes sh- should see her like with one of those stamps as well, just like beating oh. a book with the stamp. Yeah. And like, and to her perspective, it's just like I'm stamping this book. Because yeah. So, so opening death, she's leaving the library. Yeah. It's late at night. It's a little bit windy. She's yeah. clutching the books to her chest. Yep. And then it you starts s- to yep. rain. There's a flash of lightning. You see yep. a tree silhouette, and she's just yep. like, I don't remember seeing that tree there before. Yeah. And then like she continues on, continues walking, and then suddenly like a group of leaves just sort of like drifts by, just like flutters oh, by. Oh right. Oh, what was that? What was that? I don't know. There's no trees. Flash of lightning. Jeez, that tree's a little bit closer. I could have sworn it was further Further away. away. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. I I don't remember seeing trees along this path before. Yeah, and then you see the branches coming in around her. She opens her mouth to scream and then we cut and it's the next day at school and and no one's even talking about Susan. She's the the bookworm that no one knows about. No one goes into the library anyway. Now we've got the four popular arrogant kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, yeah, you know, there's a couple. Like like in this one, there's, you know, uh, we had young Johnny Depp and his girlfriend and (laughs) Rockstar. uh, So do we need need another young young version of an actor? We're going to use time travel for this, but we should go and get someone who's... Let's get, um, uh, I want to get uh, from the Big Lebowski. I don't know, this popped into my head. Who plays the dude? Um, the main Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I want to get young. You know, you know we're going to get yes, young uh, Jeff Bridges while we're there. We're yeah. also getting young John Goodman. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And they've got to be like almost unrecognizable as yep. well. Yep. Um, so and we'll- then also I'm going to cast one of the, the female characters. Okay. And this is another tie-in to uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, we're going to get Diane Kruger. <laughs> and, and we're not going to get a young version of Diane Kruger. Okay. But she is going to be playing a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> like, no CGI, no, CGI no makeup. No. Just her yeah. in, like, 
relatively contemporary young clothing and yep. that's it. Okay, yep, absolutely. I love that idea. And so they're, they're the three supporting actors. We still need a lead. And a I reckon lead, we yeah. go most like, so Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, was a relatively unknown yep. um, uh, person coming. I mean, obviously her parents being what Janet Lee from, uh, Janet from Lee Psycho. From Psycho, yeah. And uh, one of the Curtis mob. Yep. Um, she was, so maybe we do that. Maybe we, we find the, the teenage daughter of well-known film stars at the moment yep. and this can be their breakout role there okay. as well um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis does have a daughter really? I, I believe so yeah I mean where do you think that Freaky Friday idea came yeah, from? yeah Lindsay Lohan <laughs> Lindsay Lohan and, is, and this, is this could this be AJ yep. another attempt at reviving Lindsay Lohan's career? yes you yes a hundred percent we yeah. need to cast Lindsay Lohan in this I haven't seen her in ages I yeah. haven't seen her in anything good in All ages right. so Lindsay Lohan is the lead <laughs> with an adult Diane Kruger <laughs> but a time travelled John Goodman, John Goodman and, Jeff and Jeff Bridges, Bridges. Uh, and we didn't cut who's our librarian um, um, yeah uh, Susan the librarian um, I think I mean it tends to be a movie film studio uh, trope yeah. yeah where we just get you know who who plays the first? Uh, Drew Barrymore plays the first to die, I think, in Scream. In, yeah, Maybe yeah. we go that route and we pick a a, a young a person who was a, a child star yep. who hasn't been doing much recently. We go with Abigail Breslin. Sure. I think she's got that sort of like yeah. you know librarian. So for, for some reason, I was thinking Macaulay Culkin. Maca- uh, Macaulay but, Culkin. He <laughs> could he could play Hermes the Tree Man because he oh, looks yeah. so freaky and mangled and messed That's up at get, the moment. We wouldn't need any like. And then there's quite a lot makeup. of those Home Alone moments in A Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, where yeah, she yeah. set up improvised re- traps. Yep. Great. So yeah, yeah. We use we get. So Abigail, you know what you know what we're actually going to have to do. Yep. We're actually going to take the fractured bits and pieces of movie film workshop yep. and we're just going to glue them to Macaulay Culkin <laughs> and, and the broken pieces of timber will make him look like an okay, evil tree so man. The leftovers from when we made the Memorial Theatre, there is still a little bit of rubble left yeah. so we'll just like... Some flotsam and jetsam just I'll, about. I think we just dunk Macaulay Culkin in a vat of glue, glue. and then just like roll him roll across the, rolling the, the, through the, the rubble. the debris of the rubble. Whatever sticks, great. Yep. That's, that's all we need. <laughs> okay. Um, who? Okay, yeah, yeah, no, no. That was my question. My next question was going to be, uh, who do we cast as Hermes? And I think we've uh, got it. So we've got Abigail Breslin um, playing the li- Susan, the librarian. We've got Macaulay Culkin playing Hermes, the tree spirit. Uh, we've got um, uh, a young Jeff Bridges and a young John Goodman playing, respectively, Billy and who? What's the other character's name? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Billy, doesn't, d- doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to die very quickly. Exactly. Uh, and then we've also got uh, Diane Kruger playing an 18-year-old. Yeah, that's girl. fine. Uh, and they say they say in Hollywood that, you know, you know, they only cast young starlets. I yep. mean, and I'm not saying that Diane Kruger's old, but age doesn't matter. And it shouldn't I, matter when we're, we're casting roles. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be a barrier to hold you back no. from playing any role. I and think I think at, we prove that time and time again. We have proven that we do not care about casting to type. You know how much we don't care about it? We're not even going to invest in time travel technology for really? Jeff Bridges and, and John Goodman. Oh, we're just going to cast we're them. Just gonna get, we're just going to get as they are. As because, is. you know, okay. age is beautiful. Yep. And so they're, they're playing the teenagers. You know what? That is a fantastic... We need to give the time traveling machine a little bit of a rest. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. Um, the lawyers are getting a bit antsy about it. It is somewhat 
like ripping holes in the fabric of time. There are things that are bleeding through that shouldn't. Um, yeah. I'm fairly sure I saw a Roman centurion walking around the, the, the studio floor the other day. I thought it was a, a costume, yep. but we're not working on any Roman centurion films. So oh I, I really think that realities are starting to bend and things are starting okay. to bleed through. So we might need to give it a bit of a rest. A little bit of a rest. A little bit, a little bit careful with time traveling. Back to the Future has taught me anything. You may end up sleeping with your mother. I mean, to be fair, like all of the photographs that I have in my office don't have any of my family in the background, but that's not because they got erased from time. They just decided they don't exist. They, um, I'm, I'm all alone in you this world. You are a classic, you're in a classic Hollywood executive, yeah. man. You no no my, time for anyone else. No, you're my idol. So I think, again, I think it's good. I think we're, we've, it's, like got, it's got franchise potential. So much potential. It has, it has so many of those classic horror yep. movie um, tropes to yep. it. There's so many things that we can do with the tree, so many great deaths yep. that we can yep. happen. We've got, uh, a cast of stars that'll yep. just draw in a crowd. Yep. Um, and the thing is, whatever you do to a tree, you cannot defeat it. Exactly. Even if you burn it, there's ash. Ash yeah. refertilizes the ground. I, I think humanity, as as a species, is trying to do a really good job of destroying <laughs> trees. But uh, but eventually, as time will tell, the trees will rise up against us. You know what's good about this? There is a slight environmental... I mean, obviously, the film is called Environmentally Conscious, so there is an environmental message behind it. So if Al Gore is feeling a bit burnt by the fact that we couldn't get Geostorm 2 and 3 out of the, you know, yeah, out, yeah. Of the, um, out of the yard or out into the cinemas, I think we get him back for this one. I mean, we can, he can finance the film and he can play one of the parents. He can play one of the parents. I mean, yeah, jo- like John Goodman's the- dad, played by Al, <laughs> Al Gore. <laughs> is there is there anything less, uh, I, less it just, believable? It just feels right. Yeah. It just feels right. I think they're probably about the same age too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I think I think that's it. I think we have birthed our baby yeah. environmentally conscious. Environmentally conscious. It's um. It, the the title of the film doesn't really strike terror. <laughs> Quite like a nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Well, yeah, but I mean, surely there's a whole bunch of other. F- Actually, no. Friday the thirteenth. I mean, Halloween. that doesn't sound. A Friday the thirteenth doesn't sound that yeah. scary. It's like it's a, oh, wait, it's a day in a number. Yeah, exactly. So this, you know, the, what's what's scarier than consciousness? But, I've been grappling with that uh, existential <laughs> crisis since uh, exactly. I became aware of myself. So. <laughs> But the thing is, like, these kind of films, the titles of them take on new meanings when the film comes out. So right now, environmentally conscious doesn't mean much after our film comes out. Yeah, No one's going to be talking about environmental consciousness uh, in the same way. They're going to go, you know, that's a good thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. It's, 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 yeah. I'd like, I can't wait. All right. It's greenlit. I don't watch horror films, but I will watch this one. <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned that you had news about our uh, Dark Universe bet. I do. I do. So there is a new product within the Dark Universe. Now, it's not a film. It's not a TV show. It's actually a video game. Okay. Uh, it's called The Mummy Demastered. Um, and it is it is meant to be part of that film franchise. It is uh, supposedly starring the same characters in it, but it's like a 2D... 16-bit style um, Metroidvania style video game. Um, now, I look, I mean, I may end up losing the bet because if they do one more thing within the Dark Universe, then I've lost. Yeah. But I'm willing to count this as a new entry into that universe. Okay, yeah, it's it's part of the, the multi... Again, you say universe, it has to uh, engulf all media. Yeah. And this is, yeah. This is and definitely I, part I of it. I believe part of the stipulation for the bet was that it could be a TV show, could be a movie, it could be anything uh, related to this universe and that is one. All right. And apparently it's okay. Like, it's a decent game. 
So I don't know what's going on. All right. Point one to Isaac. Point one to you. I don't. I don't quite remember what the stakes of the bet are. I, I think. I think the 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 uh, punishment was that the loser would have to watch uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for oh, a second time. Oh god. Oh god. I mean, for yeah, again. Oh god. Uh, I'm just glad that it's uh, becoming more and more likely that that's not me. Hollywood, stop this. <laughs> stop this right now. No one cares about the dark. Stop making stuff in this. W- no one cares. Okay. No one cares. Uh, All right, so we get to housekeeping at the end of every episode. Do we have any comments, reviews, uh, updates? uh, We might have a few. No. Well, they haven't showed up for me yet. Yeah, I I noticed we have nine ratings now on iTunes, but still not enough to actually show the written reviews that people have submitted. If you are one of those nine people who have left us a a star rating, thank you. As soon as more of you do it, then we'll actually be able to see the reviews that you've left and start Yes, and the star ratings as well, because, um, you know, we may be looking forward to a whole bunch of one-star ratings. (laughs) Woo, yeah. The the fastest way, I think, is an immediate response to to do is leave a comment on YouTube, maybe. Again, Mm -hmm. don't forget to leave those iTunes ratings and reviews. But if you if you want them read out in the immediate future, mm-hmm. uh, obviously as we proved last week, uh, YouTube comments are a really great way to go. Indeed. Uh, obviously, word of mouth is a really really valuable tool for yes. for spreading the love. So if you have anyone who's uh, at all interested in film and uh, listens to hours of uh, people <laughs> talking silliness, yep. um, obviously, uh, yeah, just uh, tell tell a friend and tell them to tell a friend, and then that'll snowball into a... It's a very much a, period, a pyramid. We're going for a pyramid scheme of um, uh, of telling people about this podcast. So one person tells two people, two, two people, people tell four yeah. people. And before and so you've so taken forth. 10 steps, that's more grains of rice than there in the entire sands <laughs> of the desert. I can't remember how that it's factorial something thing works. Like that. It's definitely... It's yeah. something like that. Um, a bit more housekeeping. We are obviously on every kind of social media platform there is, including ones we've just made up. Uh, and is only featuring us. Uh, so we are on Facebook. Search for Movie Film Studios on Facebook. Give us a like. Um, write a comment on there. We post a couple of clues uh, every now and then about what's coming up on the uh, Movie Film yeah. schedule, uh, Movie Film Studios schedule. So if you feel like puzzling over our very vague and very difficult clues, give them a try. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are at Movie Film Studio. I mean, that's... I mean, technically wrong now, but um, we do have multiple studios, so I don't know. Twitter still won't allow me to change it to Movie Film Studios, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and we are on Podbean, and we're obviously on iTunes, and pretty much anywhere else that you can get podcasts. We should be there somewhere. And if we're not there, write to your local member of parliament and yep. just inform them that there has been a grave error. Um, write to religious leaders, write to anyone that will listen and say, why aren't they on my podcast platform of choice? Uh, don't actually write to the podcast platforms themselves. They'll never listen. No, we have to be the change we want to see in the podcast Ab- world. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think that's it. I think that uh, is a wrap, as they say. Uh, This week, uh, I would like to, again, thank you for listening to Movie Home Studios. This week, I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.